there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! I want to open up with a, a story. It's kind of story slash joke. And you know, I have a history of telling the world's worst joke. So um, dur- during a, a visit to a mental asylum, uh, the visitor asked the doctor who happened to be the director of the asylum, and he said, what's your criterion uh, to determine whether or not a patient should be institutionalized, whether or not you're going to keep them when they come here? And the doctor said, oh, that's easy. We fill up a bathtub full of water, and then we offer them a teaspoon, a teacup, and a bucket uh, to the patient and ask him or her to empty the bathtub. The guy thought, well, that sounds logical, I guess. And so the, uh, the doctor looked at him and said, well, what would you choose? And he said, well, a normal person would use the bucket because it's bigger than the spoon and it's bigger than the teacup. And the doctor kind of smiled and said, no, 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 no. A normal person would just pull the plug. Do you want a bed near the window or the door? Um, We're going to talk a little bit this morning about our minds. Um, If you are new to us, if this is your first Sunday, uh, we're in the middle of a, a series. We've been in it for some time on the armor of God. Uh, and today we make our way uh, to uh, the piece of the armor to, that is designated to protect the head. We know it as the helmet of salvation. And so our text this morning from Ephesians 6 is only six words long. It's in Ephesians six seventeen, and as, as Paul is comparing uh, the armor that a Roman soldier would wear uh, for us to metaphorically use uh, to, to cover ourselves, to equip ourselves to fight against, not against flesh and blood, but against the devil and his schemes, uh, he comes to this helmet. And so Ephesians six seventeen says, and take up the helmet of salvation. Now, I'll show you a picture of a, what a Roman soldier w- would wear on his head for protection. Uh, and and it, obviously, uh, why does a person wear a helmet? To protect their head from brain injury. Uh, if your brain is damaged, all other bodily function is impeded. And so those of you who've been with us throughout the duration of the series, imagine all the pieces of the armor that we've already talked about, the belt of truth and the the breastplate of righteousness and your shoes fitted with with peace uh, and this shield of faith. If you went out with all of that armor, but you didn't have your helmet, uh, you would be very susceptible because head injuries are the worst. And so helmets are worn to be able to absorb blows from the enemy. I think we all would agree it's very important to protect the head. Allow me to make a football analogy, if I would. Football players wear helmets. Now, why do football players wear helmets? To protect their heads. And let me just pause and say, isn't that a beautiful helmet? That is a beautiful helmet straight out of the University of Virginia up there in God's country where I'm from. Um, I should have put a Georgia Bulldog helmet on, but y'all have had enough to celebrate this, this, this year. 
Um, but in the NFL and in the NCAA, they have invested millions upon millions of dollars to, to help develop these helmets because they want to protect the players' heads from being concussed. They, they don't want them to suffer brain damage uh, when they have these, these impacts and, and these blows. So I want you to just keep that in the back of your mind. We're going to come back to the football helmet in, in just a second. But the Apostle Paul tells us to take up the helmet of salvation. So in a very spiritual sense, here's what Paul's saying. You need something to protect your mind. Because as we've been talking throughout the duration of this series, and you well know, Satan likes to attack your mind. He likes to throw thoughts in there. He likes to shoot darts or arrows into your mind. These thoughts um, that, that cause you to sometimes spiral out of control. Remember last week we went to Genesis chapter 3 and we were talking about the fall of, of Adam and Eve and there, Eve and there they are and the snake kind of slithers in and, and has this conversation uh, with Eve and, and says, did God really say you couldn't eat of any of these trees? First of all, he twisted God's words because God said you can eat of all these trees except this one. But she corrected him and then the, the conversation ensued, but then he attacked her mind by simply saying this, hey, Eve, you understand why God doesn't want you to eat this fruit. The, the only reason he's, he doesn't want you to eat it is because if you eat it, you'll know what God knows. And then if you know what God knows, you, you won't need God anymore. And so he attacked her thoughts. He, he put these things in her head to deceive her and defeat her and to defeat Adam. Well, the apostle Paul in the New Testament writes about this encounter uh, as he's addressing false prophets who put these false thoughts in people's heads. Uh, and, and he warns us that the same tactic that the devil used back then, he will use against us. 2 Corinthians eleven three 3 says, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So when we talk about the helmet of salvation, what we're doing is we're referring to a piece of God's armor that serves to protect our minds. So in a very, don't let this weird you out, in a very real sense, when we put on the helmet of salvation, it is referring to us letting our minds be subject to God's will. It's referring to letting our minds operate and being controlled by God. It's essentially turning over our thoughts to the Lord. It's running them by the Lord. So oftentimes, at least once a day, uh, I'll, I'll have these thoughts that go through my head and I'll run them by Lindy my wife. And then I'll say, well, here's what I'm thinking, you know, and, and I'll explain. Then I'll say this, what do you think? And then I'll let her uh, kind of give her input. And, and her input is so valuable to me. So choosing to take up the helmet of salvation is letting God rule our minds. It, it's uh, when a thought comes, you ask the Lord, all right, what do you think about that? So think about this, a helmet protects the brain which controls bodily function. The helmet of salvation controls or protects the, the mind, which controls our soul function. 
Sin starts here before it manifests on the outside of us. So let's go back to the uh, football uh, helmet for a second. So football players wear helmets, and, and you know, they've they spent a lot more money developing helmets for quarterbacks than, than any other player. And there's a good reason for that, because the quarterback is kind of the leader of the team. And when the, when the ball is hiked, the opposing 11 players are coming after the quarterback, all right? And so what they want to do is they want to pursue him. They want to knock him down. They want to sack him. They, they, they want to chase tackle him. They want to chase him out of the pocket and alter his course. Anything they can do to disrupt the quarterback. And so he wears a helmet. Now, here's what's interesting when you think about football. Where does the quarterback play? On the field, right? So the quarterback's on the field, all right, and he's going to have these 300-pound, just pure muscle guys coming at him to, to hurt him when the ball is hiked. Now, the only thing he can see is what's in front of him, right? He has a low view. He's down on the field, and so a lot of times he turns this way, he has a blind spot. If he turns this way, he has a blind spot. And so he can, he can only see straight ahead or out, his, out of the, you know, the peripheral view because he's low on the field. Now, here's what's interesting. Up above the quarterback, in a booth, high up sits an offensive coordinator. And the offensive coordinator has a much better view of the field. All right, And the offensive coordinator can actually talk to the quarterback through his helmet. So uh, pre-hike, the, the offensive coordinator can say, listen, they're going to blitz you on the left side, be ready. Or listen, they're shifting to the right side, change the play, or you're going to get hurt. And so the offensive coordinator talks to the quarterback because he has a better view of the field. I, I would say it this way. He is sitting high and watching low. And what I want you to understand this morning is that God sits high. And watches low. God sees more than we see. He has a better perspective. And so the helmet of salvation is given to us to help us govern our minds. Because listen to me, we have proved over and over again, we can't govern our own minds. Like the average person has 6,200 thoughts a day. Some of those thoughts are good thoughts. Some of those thoughts are godly thoughts. Some of those thoughts are just benign thoughts, like, what am I going to do for dinner tonight? I hope we have pork chops. Uh, but some of those thoughts are evil. Some of those thoughts are darts that, 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 that Satan is trying to fire into our mind, right? And he will come after you from every angle of your thinking, your finances. He'll put thoughts in there like, you know what, just buy it. If you don't have the money, just get another credit card. You don't have to pay it now. Just, just rack up the debt. Who cares? In your marriage, he'll come after you in your thoughts. Why don't you just leave him? Like, he's no good. Just leave him and get someone better. Or, you know what? If you cheat on your wife and she doesn't find out about it, what she doesn't know won't hurt her. He'll attack you in, in thoughts with your children. Man, you're doing a lousy job. Look at your wild hooligans running around. Like, what kind of parent do you think you are? He'll attack you in your job, in your health, in every aspect of your thought process. And so putting on the helmet of salvation, 
Paul says that this is our defense against this. We have a God who is sitting high and watching low. And so like an offensive coordinator can talk to the player, I think we can talk to God when we put this helmet of salvation on. There's no coincidence the very next verse Paul starts talking about prayer. So we have a God sitting high and watching low. So we're told, we're commanded, we're instructed by Paul to put on, to take up the helmet of salvation. So why? Why would we put this helmet of salvation on? What does it do for us? In other words, what does the helmet of salvation help us to do? Well, I think there's three things. Number one is this. I think wearing the helmet of salvation helps us to renew our minds, to renew our minds. Listen, you are not or you shouldn't be the same person you were before you met Christ. You're a new person and a new person thinks new ways. It thinks different ways. Our minds are battlefields. Our minds are minefields. Listen, one wrong thought can lead us down a path of destruction. I think it was, it was Frank Outlaw who said this, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You see, your where you spend eternity starts right here in the mind. And the devil knows that. So the outcome of these battles determine the courses of our lives. That's why it's important to give control to God. I love what someone said. They said this, let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. When we put on the helmet of salvation, it is to renew our minds, to change our thinking, which ultimately will lead into a change of behavior. And so we use the Holy Spirit as a filter. We run things by him when we're renewing our minds. So we ask questions of this, as silly as this sounds. Hey, Holy Spirit, should I drink this? Should I buy this? Should I say this? Should I watch this? Should I listen to this? Should I post this? Putting on the helmet of salvation helps filter our minds and renew our thinking. And that's what Paul instructs us to do in Romans chapter 12. Look at verses 1 and 2. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the change of your thinking, by thinking differently, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see there, we've got to change the way we think. If you don't think properly, you don't act properly. There's a re rewiring of the mind going on. The United States government uh, has this program, what it, what, what it, which it offers to people. It's called the Witness Protection Program. Witness Protection Program. Now, under the Witness Protection Program, you have turned state's evidence, and you're about ready to help put away some very bad people, very bad man, very bad woman, very bad group of people, all right? And 
under the witness protection program, no one knows who you, who you used to be. All right. And some of you may be here this morning and you may be in the witness protection program. You just can't tell me. You can't tell anybody, right? But they send you away with a new name and a new identity. And they send you away with a new name and a new identity for this reason, because there is a bad person who's looking for you. There's a bad person that wants to harm you, that wants to destroy you, that wants to kill you. We are told to transform our mind, to change our identity. We are a different person in Christ because there's a bad person coming after us. And his name is the devil. You used to operate this way, but the, the helmet of salvation helps us to renew our mind and become a new person. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. She is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So the first, the, the first function of this helmet of salvation is for us uh, to let the Holy Spirit renew our thinking. Second reason to put on the helmet of salvation is to reject doubts that arise from life circumstances. You know, if we allow them to, circumstances of life can convince us that God doesn't really care for us, that God doesn't really love us, that maybe his word's not even true. Right? And so we begin to, to ask questions when those doubts arise. Questions like, um, where are you, God, in all this chaos? Like I turn on the TV and the world is going to pot. There's just chaos everywhere. Don't you care? Where are you? Or why aren't you doing something about this? Why are you so silent? My loved one's sick and they're, they're withering away and it doesn't seem like you, you care. Or, you know, my life is crumbling before me and you just seem indifferent, God. You just don't seem to, to care. Or how about this one? Have you ever, you, ever, you ever done this? Have you ever asked the Lord just to come back? Like, Lord, just come back now. Like, I just want you to come back. Now, we never ask the Lord to come back when life is good. When the money's rolling in and we're healthy and things are going our way, we don't want the Lord to come back. But the minute circumstances go bad, we begin to think, I just wish the Lord would come. Why don't you come right now? What are you waiting for? I mean, it's been 2,000 years, 2,020 years. When are you coming back? I often chuckle at that because I want you to think about something. Think about how hard life was in like the 17, 1800s you know, where people were dying of drinking bad water and dysentery and you had floods and famines and if the crops didn't grow and, and the drought came, you would starve and, and how terrible life was back then. You know what those people were asking the Lord to do back then? Lord, why don't you come? Would you please come now? Like this world's terrible, come now. What if the Lord had come in like 1808? Guess what? We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't exist. And so the Lord is steadfast and he is patient. As long as there is a soul that's going to give themselves to Jesus Christ, he'll wait because that person is worth it. And so God's going to come when God's going to come. But these circumstances begin to just form a cloud over us. And we've all had those thoughts. And if you've had those thoughts, you shouldn't beat yourself up because you're human. But I do want to assure you that God is real and God loves you more than you can even comprehend. More than we can even understand. So those doubts will come. Remember last week we talked about the flaming arrows and we had the shield to protect the heart. 
But you need something to protect the head when those doubts arise. I'm not a real big superhero movie guy, but I do like the X-Men series. Um, the X-Men, if you the movie franchise, it's been well over a decade since those movies began. But um, in the X-Men, there's this one major character. His name is Magneto. And now Magneto wears this special helmet. And he wears this helmet so that no one can penetrate his mind and thoughts because there's other X-Men that have that ability to do that. And so he puts the helmet on to protect his mind and his thoughts. In a very real sense, this is the helmet of salvation. It helps to protect our mind and our thoughts when circumstances don't come our way and doubt creeps in. And so we spoke on the subject of doubt all last week. I want to move on from it, but before I do, let me just say this because this is important. Until you let God renew your mind, change your thought process, you're not going to be able to reject the doubt that comes your way. Here's why. Because you're thinking with your old mind. You're thinking with your flesh. You're thinking with your five senses. You're only thinking of what you can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. And, and God doesn't operate that way. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against these invisible forces, these spiritual forces. And so you've got to renew your mind to be able to reject the doubt that comes your way. And so you've got a renewed mind that rejects doubt. And then the helmet of salvation helps us do one final thing. It helps us to remember that victory is already accomplished. The victory has already won. When Paul tells us to put on the helmet, he's reminding you, he's reminding me that right here, right now, if you are in Jesus Christ, you're victorious. You have victory. Look at the verse again. It's Ephesians 6, 18. And take up the helmet of what? Salvation. The helmet of salvation. If you have Jesus, you're saved. You're saved. You're saved. You're saved. If you have Jesus, you have nothing to worry about. If you have Christ, you have peace and hope and life and victory. This is why we wear the helmet. It renews our mind to reject the doubt and remind us to declare that we're saved. This is huge. This means we're not constantly looking over our shoulder like, oh man, I, I said a bad word today. Am I going to go to hell now? I, 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 did, I struggled with this addiction again. Does that mean life's over for me? It means we, we don't always feel like God's disappointed in us. We don't have to go to bed at night doubting if God loves us. We don't walk around wondering if God's going to break up with us. I think many Christians view their relationship with God like they're dating Taylor Swift. Now, I know that's a shocker. Let me say that again. I think many Christians view their relationship with God like they're dating Taylor Swift. It doesn't fare well for men to date Taylor Swift if you haven't watched the news. She's had so many breakups, and here's the cycle for her. She dates a guy. The guy can't measure up. She breaks up with him, and then she writes a song about it. Okay, and I think this is how we view God. When we fail, God's going to see that we can't measure up. He's going to break up with us, and then he's going to write a psalm about it. Like Psalm 1001, the breakup of God and Kevin Barton, because he failed, and, and he writes this ballad about this breakup. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
The word in the Old Testament to describe the love of God takes all the emotion out of it. It's the word for steadfast. It's a word where God says, I am here. And so what I want you to understand is that this helmet of salvation is not the helmet of past salvation. It's the helmet of past, present, and future salvation. When we wear the helmet of salvation, we're reminded that we have victory in Jesus Christ. We're reminded that we're free from the burden of law. We're reminded that Jesus is stronger and smarter than our enemy. We're reminded that it is the helmet of salvation, not the helmet of condemnation. We're reminded of the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 56. There's a big difference. You're not fighting for victory, you're fighting from victory. You already have victory in Jesus Christ. Um, do we have any chess players in here? Anybody really good at chess? Wow, nobody. Oh, one person. Well, there's one person in first service that's good at chess, so I'm going to get you two to play and see who's better. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not a chess player. I'm, I can barely play checkers. Um, so I went to college, and this, this guy, this friend of mine, he was a really good chess player, and he liked to let people know that he was good at it. Um, and he wanted to teach me to play chess, and so he taught me a few things, and, and we started playing, but he was real, like, arrogant and cocky about it. I'd, I'd go to make a move, and he'd go, uh, you don't want to do that. If you do that, I'm going to do this, 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 and it's checkmate. And then I'd try to move another piece. Ah, you don't want to do that. And so he was just so good, and I was terrible. Well, finally, I learned a little bit, and I said, listen, I want to play you, but don't, don't do any of this. Uh, just let me play. Let's see, let's see how far I, I can take this game. Well, we got like a minute in, and he just got this smile on his face, and he said, all right, I'm going to tell you now, in three moves, I'm going to win. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I thought, I took it, I was like, oh, we'll see. Sure enough, I made a move, he made a move, I made a move, he made another move, I made a move, he made a move, and checkmate. The, the game was over. He knew well before I did that he was going to win the game. Listen, Satan has already lost, but he's still making moves. The evil king of this world has been defeated. By the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, by Jesus, this suffering servant, he came to earth in the form of a pawn. He was the son of a carpenter. When people found out where Jesus was from, they said, Nazareth, there's nothing good that comes out of Nazareth. His own family said that he was crazy. He came from the lowest circumstances. He was the son of a carpenter, but he was the savior of the world. And I think somebody needs to be reminded of that today. I, I think some of you may have may just be running from God because you forgot to put your helmet of salvation on. The helmet of salvation assures you that you don't have to run from God even when, you, when he knows you're guilty. Like, I think some of you feel like God is constantly chasing after you. He's just constantly coming after you. And you know what? You're right. He is. He's always going to pursue you. But he's not chasing you to punish you. He's chasing you to save you. In 1981, a radio station reported a story about a stolen car in California. Now, police were, were staging this intense search for the vehicle of the driver, even to the point of placing announcements on the radio. This is before cell phones, because they were trying to get the driver's attention. Because on the front seat of the car, 
that the driver stole was a box of crackers that were laced with poison. And the car owner had, in, had intended to use those crackers uh, to, for rats, for rat bait. Now the police and the owner of the, of the car were more interested in apprehending the thief to save his life than they were to recover the car. So often we find ourselves running from God because we feel like we've got to run to escape his punishment. But in actuality, what we're doing is we're eluding his rescue. God so desires for us to have a relationship with Jesus. He so desires to place that helmet of salvation on our heads so that we can renew our minds, reject the doubts that come our way, and remember that once that helmet is placed on our head, we have the victory. We have victory in Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.